0: Hi, and thanks for listening to the Belated Binge Podcast. We're currently between seasons, and I've decided to share some of my favorite bonus episodes nobody's gotten to hear yet. These were posted throughout Season 1 on Patreon for a level that nobody signed up for, so I'm sharing a few here while I take a few weeks off ahead of our binge of Chamber of Secrets. If you like these, there are still many more available on Patreon, and the backlog is still a patrons-only benefit. I'm also making a ton of updates to Patreon benefits for Season 2. In this one, I was joined by Sarah from First Year's Podcast, and she shows her Slytherin pride and defends her house. And before we get into it, special announcement. I made an appearance this week on the Restricted Section Podcast, talking Goblet of Fire Chapter 35 Veritaserum. It was a ton of fun for me, and I'd love it. If you'd go over and check it out on their feed, the restricted section podcast.
1: The belated
0: binge podcast. Hi, and welcome to this bonus episode of the belated binge podcast, where I am joined by Sarah from First Year's Pod, as promised in this week's episode. Um, that you hopefully will have heard if you're listening to this. Thank you for your support of the show. It's literally how I'm able to keep the lights on, keep producer Jack fed and keep the show going and hopefully growing. Um, So Sarah, if for some ungod-known reason that they would not have heard, please tell us who you are.
1: Um, I am Sarah and I have a podcast called First Years which is a spoiler-free literary analysis deep dive into the Harry Potter series for adults that are reading it for the first time um, but established Harry Potter fans are more than welcome. Um, we do literary analysis, symbolism, mythology deep dives and um, The only thing that really separates it is that we're spoiler free. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you can find us pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. um, First years.
0: Cool. Thank you. That was a very great intro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have obviously listened to your podcast. uh, Many, many of the episodes. And one thing that I have deduced because I am quite... The detective is that you are a Slytherin. And you I have am. talked about it a couple times on your yeah. podcast. Yeah. So let's get into that a little bit. Um, and if at any point you feel like you're on the spot, you totally are. Um, so our first I wanted to ask, are you Slytherin because of the Pottermore quiz or because you always felt that you were?
1: no I am a Slytherin because of the Pottermore quiz um I remember being very nervous to take it because mm. I was like JK Rowling made this quiz it's like the official quiz and so like I can't argue with it like mm. what I, I was like I went into it prepared that like whatever I get that's my house and that's going to be my house forever like because it's the official one right you committed. Um, I did, and so I was very nervous. Um, and I was, I was pretty pleased when I got Slytherin because I was like, okay, I'd pretty pretty much be happy with like Slytherin or Gryffindor. But I had hmm. like a creeping suspicion. I was like, oh, I'm, I could see myself being in Hufflepuff. Um,
0: Would that have but, disappointed you? That's a yes.
1: I think. I think at the <laughs> time, yes. Um, I think now, probably not um and like I know a lot of people talk about like primary and secondary houses and so like I sort of listening to what other people say as as far as your your primary and secondary house like I'm like okay like Slytherin is my primary house and then I could see Hufflepuff being my secondary house um so yeah so I I and as and like reading the description of Slytherin and sort of like the ambition and like the hard work and also the sort of you know people all the time at least other slytherin friends like have sort of spoken about like sort of like the tight-knit sort of community of slytherins and sort of Mm. how you know a lot of people think slytherin is like every man for himself but it's more like you're protecting your own versus like protecting everybody and Mm. i think I don't know. I think that's like also that's like very true. It's like I have my 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 squad and like we protect our squad (laughs) and like everyone you know um, while like you know Gryffindors will like go out of their way to like you know protect everybody except for Slytherins apparently Um, you know. (laughs) Uh,
0: I do recall a uh, fiery burning room That a few Slytherins got okay, yes,
1: but that I feel like specifically that's Harry Ron Mm -hmm. would not have gone back and saved Draco and friends in the room of requirement.
0: That is fair, that is
1: like that's like a Harry thing. Harry is like,
0: and the vice versa isn't happening either. What the vice versa isn't happening either. No, no, like there's zero percent chance that Draco is coming
1: oh no absolutely
0: no, no. Not he's like happen. awesome i just go harry potter <laughs> i'm totally cool now yeah like maybe my dad will love me anyways so that's interesting um because i i went into the quizzes very very differently uh than <laughs> you did um i i think i took them like three times just for chits and giggles if i'm honest mm-hmm. um I got the same outcome twice and a different one, uh, the third time or no, the, I got the same outcome twice with the first and the third time. I believe it was, um, because I could, I started looking like noticing in the questions. I'm like, Oh, like if I say this, you're going to say that house. If I say this, you're going to say that. Like some of them were, is your favorite animal a snake? Like, no, it's not. So I guess I'm not a Slytherin. Like they were obviously not that uh, heavy-handed, but I did find them a a bit silly. Um, so I did like I was like I can totally manipulate this and get like a different house, and I did the second time. But then I took it a third just for fun. Uh, but my two out of three was Ravenclaw, which I guess is maybe is a that thing. When you
1: identify with,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I've I've never actually looked at the houses in. The and felt that like attachment in the way that a lot of people in the fandom do. Maybe because I was a grown ass man when I finally like went through this series, you know, and I didn't. My sense of being and like self, you know, like uh, the way that I see myself wasn't impacted by what house of this series Mm -hmm. that I could have gone into. Whereas if I was, if I'm, I am like a dead ringer for movie Harry age wise. Like I'm we're right. very like obnoxiously close in age. Um and if I shave my beard, take my hat off, you might draw some <laughs> correlations. There. It's an easy Halloween costume, if I can just say that. Um but if I would have done so if I would have done it back then, then maybe I would have if I would have been entrenched in the fandom, I probably would have really cared and I probably would have really wanted to a griffin door um mm-hmm. in in the way that uh I felt as I was you know that age, basically thinking I was a little pilly patass, if I'm honest um but yeah as as an adult, I was kind of just like, oh I wouldn't I wouldn't guess that, but I guess two out of three times i maybe it's a thing right i- I guess I just don't think I'm that damn smart. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest um but I have no reason other like the Ravenclaw characters in the book don't do anything so egregious that I'm like that I was upset I was just kind of like yeah all right that's a thing um right but I did get Gryffindor the second time because I was like I totally know that I can answer these questions in a way that'll put me (laughs) in Gryffindor and I and I did anyways um So along along the you talked about the squad and being in Slytherin and identifying that way. I've heard you say um, on your show before that you wondered what it would be like as a muggle-born wizard that was sorted into Slytherin. Did I make that up or are you? No,
1: I yeah, I said that.
0: Are you going to stand by that one?
1: I, yeah, I mean, I, especially, I think, I mean, if you listen to my podcast, you know, I feel very oh, strongly totally about house biases.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's literally, literally why I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> the <And> whole reason.
1: <laughs> how we don't get any good examples of Southerns, like, we and we should have, um, yeah. because you can't convince me that like, statistically, like all Southerns are evil. Um not evil I think,
0: not evil you could convince me that like all of the slytherins that are at least close enough to harry in the time that he's at hogwarts are dicks oh yeah <laughs> but not oh, yeah. but not evil
1: <laughs> like it's not a requirement to you know be evil and racist to be in slytherin no. like you really not. just need to like the the core qualities of like slytherin is to be like ambitious and you know um Cunning. And sort of cut, yeah, and cunning, but like cunning doesn't have to necessarily be like a bad thing. It can just no. it, like you you can interpret it as like, you know, you have like really intriguing ways to think about things or how to tackle problems, stuff like that. Um, and so I do really wonder like what it would be like to to be a muggle-born and be in Slytherin, especially surrounded by a lot of the Slytherins that we see in the books that are super anti- muggle because there's two things here right one you cannot tell me that there has never been a muggle-born slytherin like that's just statistically impossible
0: oh i would totally tell you that that was the case <laughs> i would absolutely tell you that not because you can't like be ambitious or cunning or whatever as a muggle-born wizard but because of the sorting hat and that was part of what i wanted to um talk about next was how the sorting hat portrays the houses in the songs in a minute yeah. i want to get your reaction to that but in multiple of those or at least the one specifically the one in book five he talks about how slytherin only took the purest of so magical why blood. do no? half
1: bloods exist no, in slytherin
0: <laughs> no i'm, I'm
1: with and, you. and and why and why mm-hmm. Did the sorting hat almost put Harry in to Slytherin?
0: Well, Harry's a half blood himself.
1: Harry is a half blood, but he spent his he's he's essentially a muggle born when he arrives at yeah. Hogwarts.
0: Yeah, so well, actually, my so I went down this, um, actually on my latest uh foray into the podcasting world, uh, about Harry in the sorting hat chapter, and I think it's crap honestly that he was almost put into Slytherin um because I think what the general at least idea of it is it was the like shard of Voldemort's soul within Harry that the hat was recognizing and almost putting into Slytherin but I totally think that that's dumb if I'm honest um See, I went down like it. a whole thing about like how it doesn't work but mm-hmm. we I do want to get to, but specifically the part where um And I think – I can't remember which song it was. It might have even been this first book where he says that the founders needed a way to sort the students after they were gone. So they put some of their brains in me. Mm. So I think that the sorting hat has enough agency where it will like make some calls on its own. But it's not going to deviate so far from what the founders would have wanted and knowing that literally Salazar Slytherin put a process and like a plan in place to have a monster to kill any muggleborn that is in the castle when it was released. So I think that strong of a bias against them would have the sorting hat stop and say like I can't put a muggleborn into Slytherin. There's a there's like not enough pure bloods left in the world for me to literally just put only pure bloods in Slytherin because you can also have pure bloods in other houses. Like it's not a mm-hmm. thing, but I do think that the sorting hat would stop basically. And it's said in other things like he doesn't even want to be sorting you or it doesn't want to right. be sorting. It has a male voice in the movie, so I guess that's what pops into my head, but it's totally an it. It's a hat. It's a freaking hat. Anyway, that says like it doesn't even want to be sorting people but it has to yeah. and i think there are certain things in that criteria of the different houses that it just feels it has to do and one of them is not putting a muggle-born in slytherin
1: i think okay i do think that's a fair point um i just i think what what it comes down to is the is like if there was a muggle-born in slytherin Oof. because slytherins are so like pr- we protect our pack like would they? protect that person like how do they navigate Mm. around people who aren't pure blood within their house even if we're just talking about half-bloods right yeah and I think what it ultimately comes down to for me is that we don't have any good examples of Slytherins like and I just feel like supposed
0: to be the one right like like, Slyghorn's supposed to be our quote-unquote good Slytherin it's like yeah
1: eh,
0: and like kind
1: of Snape but like not really and like
0: Snape's on my list we'll get there (laughs)
1: And I mean, it's one of those things where I just feel like, you know, there has to be some Slytherins that are in Slytherin house that don't necessarily subscribe to the beliefs that Draco and Draco's quote unquote friends do, right? I would agree with
0: that. And I I think, yes,
1: I I think Harry probably should have been in Slytherin and probably should have been that good example of like a good Slytherin.
0: See that's huh. really interesting to me because I do not see it. I just don't like i none of the quote unquote like uh house qualities do I see in harry and the and here was the part of what i the rant that I went on um on my show before was another thing that is super important apparently in the sorting, is family ties and family legacy. Mm -hmm. We literally only know of two examples of people being sorted outside of their family. The Patel twins got put into two different houses, and Sirius got put into Gryffindor when his whole family was in Slytherin. Harry's mom didn't have a legacy to live up to, but was sorted into Gryffindor. James was in Gryffindor, His father was in Gryffindor. We know that from the uh, Snape's, um, the Prince's Tale memories where he met James. I'm going to be in Gryffindor like my dad with his fake sword. And we know that he's descended from one of the Peverells. Like, it's highly likely that if we have multiple generations of Gryffindors going down, we probably have multiple generations of Gryffindors going up. Right where does harry display anything aside from daring bravery like that house's qualities were literally written to match harry like that was the whole point (laughs) of the i mean
1: it's true i mean like yes like and and i think like when we look at it like from that perspective it's like yes like Gryffindor was literally created for Harry to like be in it yeah. and also like Slytherin just exists to give us villains which like is annoying
0: it, 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 <laughs> yes that yes absolutely um Anyways, it's, it's just interesting. Um, and normally, uh, when I talk to people, they are not so uh, Slytherin-bound, which is why I thought this would just be a fun you know, yes. uh, discussion to have. And personally, I'm not that big on the houses. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to the Sorting Hat. Like, What's your biggest gripe about the way that the Sorting Hat portrays Slytherin in its songs that it gives?
1: Um, because it always, I mean, it always, like, I think there's always like a line about, you know, Slytherin only wanting pure blood students. And I feel like that ultimately is what I feel like a lot of people blame on the divide between yeah. all of the houses when,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, we went over the Sorting Hat song in book five together and- mm-hmm. It explicitly states that it was every all of the founders' fault, not just yeah, not just Slytherin. Um, and so, like, I, and I also feel like, I mean, the, the Sorting Hat because it divides everybody. Ultimately, it kind of ends up making the House Pius's situation worse in Hogwarts, you know, okay. because. Especially the way it's written and the and, and who knows, how, like, because, you know, we hear about the houses before we even arrive at Hogwarts, right? Yeah. And who knows where, like, Hermione's getting her information from. We know Ron's probably just hearing it from his family. But everybody puts, like, Gryffindor up on a pedestal and then is like, oh, but we, you shouldn't really want to be in Slytherin. Like, What's Slytherin, a... you don't really want to be there. It's and a... you also don't really want to be in
0: Hogwarts. It's a book story full of Gryffindors. It is. So we don't really see the perspective from other like we don't get Hannah Abbott and her family conversations. You know, we right. we don't get Ernie McMillan and what it was like for him when he was getting on the train. You know, like we don't we just don't see Inherently because of the way that the series was written, almost predominantly from Harry's perspective, we only see the people yeah. around Harry, which are all freaking Gryffindors. Yeah. So they're going to say Gryffindor is great because like... And it's that's the because
1: Dumbledore was yeah. in it. Dumbledore himself was in it, which is yeah. what Hermione says in book one.
0: Yeah. It... <laughs> anyway, this is like, the I most just feel I've like <laughs> really thought about the houses uh, in a... <laughs> really long time
1: yeah like i just feel like like because people are like oh my god Southerns are ambitious and they're power hungry like those aren't mutually exclusive like no you can be power hungry and like yes have ambition that goes like into that but you can mm-hmm. also just be ambitious without wanting to take over everything like being ambitious isn't inherently a bad thing like i yeah. kind of feel like it's a good quality to have
0: it is and it doesn't the whole house doesn't have to be stood up on bad qualities. You know, I, I swear. And I think I heard this on your show, but it's, it is interesting that the main defense that we have for, um, Slytherin house is often. Yeah. But there were dicks in the other houses too. (laughs) (laughs) Like we should have had, we should have had something else to go off of.
1: I mean, yeah, we should have. And we should have been given know, when, something else. When you sort of. A lot of like unsung heroes in Slytherin for this series, which I want to make a whole series about on TikTok because there's a lot of moving pieces in this series where the series would not have ended the way it did had it not been the, for the actions of some Slytherins. So
0: I'm here for that series. Like, I'm here for that. It,
1: you know, so it's like everyone wants I might to even of...
0: open TikTok for it. <laughs> <laughs> I might
1: like people want to shit on Slytherin and like, yes, there's a very good reason to like shit on the Slytherins that are presented in the book because they're awful. I'm not excusing their behavior, but like. Not all Slytherins are going to be like that, like it's and we just never get it because J.K. Rowling just didn't think it was important enough for us to have like a Good slytherin
0: that's fair, and a great segue to two slytherins that we have first, mm-hmm. you have said that you love Draco I do explain
1: <laughs> i I love characters that have an arc and I there's there's something so intriguing about Draco's journey throughout Harry Potter. Um he is awful from yeah. like the word go essentially. Yeah um and I'm not excusing that behavior. Where I think it does get really interesting is sort of around book five, book six, where Draco starts to become more involved in the belief system of his family, right? But I don't think he really knows what he's getting himself into. Um, Yes, Draco might like actually believe these things because he was raised in them. But like, you know how like when you're like talking to people in like middle school and high school and like you're talking about politics and they're kind of just parroting what their parents have told Mm -hmm. them. Like, I think we're in a very similar situation um, with Draco where he's not really thinking about what he's saying or like the impact of it because he's just been told his whole life like yes we're better than everybody else and here's why um it gets really interesting in book five after lucius fails the mission to get the prophecy and ends up in prison and draco then becomes who voldemort sets his eye on to get back at the malfoys and Draco is essentially forced into, well, we don't know um, if he was forced into getting the mark or if he was excited to get it, who knows. But what's interesting to me about Draco is that he has a very similar arc to Regulus Black and yet isn't quite as brave as Regulus Because Draco has a very strong sense of self-preservation, which I think is what a lot of Slytherins have, honestly. They do. And I think book six is a huge reality check for Draco, where all of a sudden he's realizing that everything he was told his entire life and everything he was trying to stand for all of a sudden isn't quite what he thought it was going to be and things are very real all of a sudden his dad's in jail and now he has to do this monumental task that it's going to kill if him. he fails yes will kill him and probably his entire family yeah that's a lot of pressure for a 16 year old to have and draco tries his best and you know isn't isn't successful and Dumbledore even like appeals to him like on the astronomy tower of like, you don't have like you don't have to do this. I can help you. Mm-hmm. And Drago is so lost in that moment of you can't like no one can help me because I am so deep into this and I don't, this isn't really what I what I wanted. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he's breaking down in the girls' bathroom, mm-hmm. like where moaning myrtle is. And he has like, I think Draco deserved a better redemption arc than he got, but he that was has literally his my next of...
0: question. Do you think he, <laughs> do you think he got redemption?
1: I think he started to get redemption, but I think.
0: Then the story ended.
1: <laughs> yes. And I think the author didn't want to give Draco like as big of a redemption as he deserved. Um, but he starts to get there, right? He covers for Harry in um, book seven when Harry's brought to the manor. Narcissa covers for Harry in the forest because I think the Malfoys start to realize where their priorities actually are and it's with family and they're going to keep each other safe Mm -hmm. and we even see like this extra information that we don't get in the book Draco ends up marrying somebody who's a little bit more progressive um who which is to the disappointment of his parents so his parents aren't super like redeemed at the end of the series although i
0: think nor should they be
1: right although i think we can't forget that if narcissa hadn't covered for harry harry would have died in the forest um yeah
0: i i think with narcissa specifically though like with that one i'm i heard or read it somewhere and i couldn't agree with it more i don't think is she wasn't doing that for Harry or for redemption. No, She was doing that because she thought that was the only way she was going to be able to get back into Hogwarts to try to find Draco. Yeah. And And that was her self-preservation, you know, her preservation of family to get to Draco. She's like, I don't give a shit about this kid. Like if he tells me Draco is not alive, I'm telling Voldemort. Yeah. That he's alive right now. And to try again, kill this kid.
1: No. And I think that's (laughs) totally fair. And I think that, you know, Goes back into like sort of what the priorities yeah. are of the whites at that part in the series, um, but Drago does marry someone who's a little bit more progressive, yeah. and I think with the Narcissa thing, like that moment, it almost reminds me of like Gollum's role in Lord of the Rings, where it's like you can ha- like he like you can hate him, but he's also very necessary to the story. Like that's a moment <laughs> I think that's very necessary for the story to end the way that it does. Right? It's for yeah. her to be like. no he's dead um and so i think i so i i have a lot of empathy for draco for the situation that he finds himself in in book six and book seven and i i just really love characters that have a real arc where they're really facing things and starting to have like reality checks (laughs) and that's why i really like draco um because his journey is almost more fascinating than Harry's is because Harry's always going to do the right thing like that's who Harry is and that's sort of his arc but Draco kind of has this like come to Jesus moment Mm. um in book six book six and seven um you know and I don't think any of us would have guessed that from book one
0: interesting where do you land on Snape this is my last question, by the way. Where do you land on this? Um,
1: the easy answer is that I love Snape, but I also feel like I say that a lot because I love Alan Rickman, so I feel like mm-hmm. I'm super biased about it. Um, I don't think
0: you're the only one.
1: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I kind of have to remind myself that, like, yes, Snape's background, I think, is pretty tragic. And that but that doesn't excuse being absolutely horrible to like children, your students. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not acceptable. Yeah. Um, so I have to kind of remind myself about that aspect of his character. (laughs) Um, but at the same time, I think his, you can't like, it's one of those things where it's like those two sides of him, like exist at the same time. Like Yes, he like actively bullied children, and that is horrible, but he also pulled off this miraculous feat of lying to Voldemort for years and managed to be like the best spy <laughs> between sides. um and I think that sort of points to having characters that aren't a hundred percent good or a hundred percent evil, like that those two sides can simultaneously exist yeah. and make more complicated characters again you know like Gollum and Lord of the Rings like you can't explicitly say like he's a hundred percent evil or he's a hundred percent good but he's definitely necessary to the story like as much as we might love to hate him <laughs> <laughs> you know um so yeah so I think he he's a very integral part to the story and to how it played out um i mean he kind of like kickstarts the entire series really like by telling voldemort about the prophecy like that's Mm -hmm. what starts the entire thing um so he kind of has his hand in all of the plot points which i think is makes him a very important character um even though he does things that aren't good or acceptable (laughs) a lot of the time
0: well said (laughs) that's it that's all i had i appreciate you doing this this was a lot
1: yeah it's super fun